If you're led by data, you're going to find out who your customers are, why they actually are buying, what channels they're using, what messaging is working, what products they like, and it's going to inform what you do next better. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to The Liftoff Show. Today, we've got a very special guest. We have Josh Gowing. Josh, do you just want to take a second to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you're up to in the e-commerce world? Yes, happily. My role is a CMO at Megaphone. So we're, I guess, Australia's number one digital marketing agency. Um, you know, we service a whole range of clients, but obviously service a lot of e-commerce clients. Um, and I guess my responsibility is to make sure that we're delivering the best possible digital marketing results we can. Um, we focus a lot on social, on Google, and have, I guess, heaps of different strategies that we can provide to, to make sure that we bring the best possible results to clients. Awesome, awesome. And I guess what I'm really excited to talk about today is this new PDF that Megaphone, you and the team have put out called the 2022 Industry Insights Report. When I hear that name, that sounds like this has got some juicy stuff in it. So I'm keen to chat today about that report, what's inside of it, and I guess anyone listening who is running an e-commerce brand, what they can take away from it and some key principles that they can apply to help grow faster, I guess, this year and beyond. So first of all, do you just want to tell everyone what the industry report is all about? Just give a quick summary and then we can dive into the principles. Yeah, 100%. So like everything at Megaphone, it's based on on data and it's based on a lot of, I guess, our historical data from like the our clients that we've been working with for years and years, but trying to make it as relevant as possible for, I guess, what our predictions are from that. So we're really focusing on things like, you know, what's kind of trending down, what's trending up, some of the audiences and ads and, and principles that you can follow to get the best results. And also just kind of where to focus your attention going into 2022, because you know, lot, lots changing in the digital marketing space, as I'm sure um, all your listeners are aware, just trying to provide as much clarity as possible. It's super exciting. And I guess what I'd love to jump into is a lot of the time on interviews in the past, we've talked a lot about mistakes to avoid. We've talked about things e-commerce brand owners should try and steer clear of so they're not wasting ad spend and I guess limiting their growth. What I'd love to talk about here, if you want to dive in and I guess start sharing some of the growth principles, some of the things brands should be following, not steering clear from, but leaning towards. I guess what are some of the top insights from the report that anyone listening who's running an e-commerce brand can maybe apply this year and see some better results overall one of the main ones that i think is applicable to everyone is the importance of being on as many channels as possible so omni-channel strategies are something that you know are probably not new to your listeners but are probably something they're not actively doing as much as they potentially could so making sure that you know even if our you know your business to date has been grown primarily through facebook ads or google ads that you're looking at avenues like TikTok like Pinterest, like Snapchat, obviously it depends on who your demographic is as well. Like, you know, if they're an older demographic or you're in a you know particular space, it's gonna make more sense to go on one channel than the other. But you really wanna make sure that you're present and current on all channels. Anyone who's buying online, like if you're seeing a brand on say TikTok or, in, or Instagram and they have very little content there or it doesn't really fit the brand, it immediately, you're gonna lose a lot of trust. So omni-channel strategies and being on Facebook, being on Google, being on Pinterest, being on, on TikTok, um, you know, making sure we're consistent with our email and our content 
people need to play those games even if it's a market that, that oh, i don't really want to know if i want to get on tiktok you have to, you need to get on tiktok that's going to be really important for every business owner but where the opportunity is in terms of like growing the business as much as possible whilst being omnichannel is important i think it's also really important business owners look at i guess what's been successful for them so far and looking at ways you can double down on that i think that's probably something that people don't do often enough there's always the shiny new thing over there but the reality is if if you've done a really good job in your business growing because of this you kind of want to find out what aspects of say facebook ads have worked really well for you how can i build on that as much as possible and maybe how do i you know incorporate TikTok as well but maybe that doesn't necessarily mean going down the seo route because you haven't done seo before you probably want to look at some piece of evidence to justify why you go in the new direction if that makes sense no it does it does i think that's a super valuable one i chat with a lot of brands and they're always mentioning is this a valuable platform to get on should we start running ads here should we go there and it's just sort of this indecision, but I think if you just jump in, you start spending a little bit of money. Doesn't mean you go straight at it, you know, straight away and spend thousands and thousands a day. What would you recommend for brands that are a bit on the fence? You know, they want to try TikTok, they want to try these platforms, a bit hesitant. You know, maybe Facebook, Insta is just working so well for them and they're reluctant to diversify. What would you say to them? It's so dependent on who the business is, but you want to test, like you said, coming in at a smaller scale and a lower on a lower amount. And then something like analytics to guide whether or not that investment has been successful, not just the advertising platform or, or, or you know, emails itself. Um, same with same with SEO. Like if it's unrealistic that you're going to drive a lot of traffic or sales through, you know, SEO, and you've been really successful to date without getting a lot of organic search that's not branded, it probably doesn't make sense for your full attention to go there, but you might want to try it on a smaller scale or in a particular niche. That makes a lot of sense. And so if we reflect on those two principles that you said so far, number one being diversified channels, look at where the attention is and where your ideal customers are online outside of your primary acquisition channels, which I think for a lot of brands listening in, Facebook, Instagram seem to be top two. We can just combine them and say Facebook, followed closely by maybe TikTok or Google, but maybe not so much on TikTok just yet. Second principle was obviously double down on what's working right now. You know, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. If it was working before, certain type of creative target audience, just double down and focus on that instead of trying to go completely out of the wheelhouse and try something completely new if you don't have any reference experience there. So I guess with those top two, tell me some other ones. This is really good. I think everyone listening in is getting some value from this. What would be the third top principle from the industry report? the rise in, in TikTok and the rise in, I guess, Reels and Instagram in general is coming from the need to be more and more authentic in your marketing. I think the market is getting more and more skeptical and people are aware when brands are saying things that they're either not aligned with or making claims that aren't very true. So um, I think big reason TikTok is resonating is because it's fun, it's engaging, it's relevant, it's authentic, it's in some ways self-deprecating, whereas things like maybe influencer, um, depending on the industry, obviously it's not applicable to everyone, but haven't seen people maybe moving away from, you know, the more influencer, high production value type content and more in the direction of UGC is because people are craving more authenticity through, um, through, through digital media and brands in general. Like people want to know what you actually think and you need to actually stand for something that those are the brands that are going to be successful um, regardless of what channel they're choosing. 
I like that. I like that a lot. And I think authenticity is something that a lot of brands maybe try for. They try to be more authentic online, but then their content doesn't really reflect that. You know, they'll try and make UGC content, but the videos that they produce aren't authentic. They're, you know, overly put together. They're just very professional and crispy and they're, they're just not real. And so I guess, do you think TikTok has been a, a huge part of that? The fact that you have to be authentic. You can't put overly edited creative on TikTok and see it perform well. It needs to be natural. It needs to be on trend. I guess, how do you go and do that with brands that have been struggling to create authentic content for maybe the past 12 months, 18 months? How do they make that pivot? How do they get authentic on, uh, say, a platform like TikTok? Well, I think it always goes back to the data. I think you look at, I think in general, a lot of, there's always a lot more opportunity to get more out of your current marketing budget than you are if you are really good at analyzing who's converting best like if i'm spending say five thousand you know five thousand dollars a day and i'm potentially reaching you know people in the 35 plus age bracket and they're half as effective as people below that how much money i'm spending in that demographic is still a massive problem um, and a massive opportunity for spending more in the areas that are going to make you the most money. But that paying attention to those data points is going to allow you to understand who your customers are better, which allows you to cater your offering better to them, which allows you to be more authentic. It's kind of like, yes, authenticity is key, but it's also, you are a brand, you are selling something and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be authentic to you. It could be authentic to them, but you really need to find what they want. You can't get stuck trying to appeal to everyone. Once you go on based on the data, you see who's buying, why they're buying, and get a firm understanding of who your target customer is, it becomes more obvious what, what you should stand for and then how your content kind of leads from there. Everything needs to come back to the data. Like I can go, oh, you know, I stand for this. Um, and this is my authentic, and I'm being authentic in this. But like if said my customers don't care about that, I'm making a false assumption on who my customers actually are and why they're buying what they care about doesn't matter how authentic it is, it's not going to work. So those are some really good strategies, I guess, from being more authentic, doubling down on what's working best, diversifying across different channels. I dare say a lot of people listening in have maybe been thinking these things a lot more so recently, you know, than maybe 12 months ago. But maybe I'm always an advocate that you've got to hear something a few times before maybe like... I should probably do that. I should probably jump on that, really target TikTok, go more authentic with my creative, really make a concerted effort to be authentic in everything that we do, not just in the creative, but just as a brand. And so now if I think, I'm keen to throw this over to you. What do you see the best brands doing right now? Apart from obviously following everything in the industry report that Megaphone put out, apart from following all those principles, I guess what are some other things you're seeing that the most successful brands or the most successful clients you and your team have been working with, what are they doing really, really well that maybe other brands aren't doing so well at the moment? I think like if you're a business that's been a successful up until this point, it's really important to think about who do you need to be going forward and being open to that. I think realistic, most of the you know, businesses and people who are listening to this podcast are obviously had some, probably had some success, but it's also about what's going to take them to that next level. We're probably not global big brands necessarily that have complete, you know, massive reputations. And so they need to stay within their brand guidelines quite significantly. So what I would say is the importance of testing and the importance of openness. I think being open to the idea that I might be successful because of this, but there might also be a bunch of things that I'm doing as a business owner that don't make sense. 
being open to analyzing what those are to fix them is usually the best possible way to figure out how to get better results. I mean, ultimately, you know, our value proposition to our clients is always, we're going to continuously test as fast as possible at the largest scale to find the best possible outcomes, find the best ad, find the best audience, find the best message, find the best platform to maximize our return. And if long as we're doing that and simultaneously a business owner is consistently improving their offering and getting feedback from their customers of what they like, what they don't, and doubling down on those things, going to be able to grow their business. But if they're stuck in a, a, a principle where it's like, well, it needs to be this, it needs to be this, it needs to be this, it's not necessarily based on the data, so it's going to be hard for it to be successful. It's like everything needs to have a logical decision behind why you're doing what you're doing. And it's, you should be looking for every illogical decision you're making on a day-to-day -day basis that doesn't align to that and reevaluating that. It's, it's always harder to do and we're all prone to bias. But if we've got systems of revision and systems of testing at the larger scale and being led by the data, that's easy to consistently evaluate how to get the best results. I think that's crazily powerful. And I think a lot of people might just have heard what you just said and then maybe skimmed over it and they're looking forward to the next section of the, the interview. But I think if we just go back to that, the whole value of testing fast, testing a lot and just using that data to make decisions rather than saying, well, this has always worked for us. You know, this kind of creative has always been a winner for us. We're just going to keep doing it. Or we've always made videos this way. We've always run our ad campaigns like this, or we've always just used Facebook and Instagram. It doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. Um, but you know, we all, we all do it because it gives us comfort. It, like the idea of things being good, we want, we want that because we don't want to have to continuously reevaluate it. It's, it's annoying. Like it's annoying. Like, is my website as good as it could be? It's like, that's an annoying thought to have, but if you're open to the idea that it could be better, you're probably going to make it better. If you're not open to the idea it could be better, it's not going to get better and your website's not going to work better. It, it, it just applies to every single aspect of the business. No, I think that's, I think that's powerful. And everyone listening in, just being, having that testing first mindset, having that proactiveness and not saying, well, we're going to keep resting on this strategy or piece of content until it stops working. We're just going to cross our fingers and hope that it's just going to keep working forever when it doesn't. Platforms change, algorithms change. Like you see it every single day. I see it all the time and just things change just like that. And then brands are left between a rock and a hard place because everything that they've been doing doesn't work anymore. So I guess if there are brands like that listening, and I think the first part of that is admitting that maybe that's how you've been operating, that you're resting on what's been working in the past. And that's a tough thing to obviously identify and say, yep, I put my hand up. We've been doing that. My team and I have been focusing on what's worked in the past and not innovating or trying new things. What's the easiest way to, I guess, get started now and trialing those new things? Is it just a matter of making a bit more creative than you think you need so that you can test it? Or is it putting a little bit of ad budget every week into TikTok? Like what's the easiest way to get started and I guess start diversifying and testing? I think the best thing you can do is have a group of people around you that can tell you and point out what you probably don't see. And so I think that is a big part of our value as, a, as an agency is not just delivering a service, but having open conversations with our clients and identifying that there's aspects of, you know, what we're doing that are working and maybe the other aspects where we need to veer away from and, and vice versa. Um, but you don't want a situation where you're for example, a small amount of money and get an idea of it. But you want, again, you want to have some piece of data that justifies why you're doing that. And the same with like 
making more creatives. It's like, yeah, I could just go off and cancel the amount of creatives. That's going to make me pretty busy. And if it's not based on the data, it's probably, they're probably not going to contribute. I really understood what I was doing and I really able to identify, okay, this audience is clicking on this ad because of this aspect of the ad. They're buying from this other ad because of this aspect of the ad. This audience is working better because they care about this. And so what I'm here is this, and then I'm three of those. You can get a better outcome than if you make 10 create random that based on nothing, and it's going to take you 10 times the amount of time. Everything comes down to opportunity cost ultimately. So whether it's TikTok, whether it's ads, where you're directing your attention is everything, but that's why it needs to be objective as much as possible. Um, but it takes skill. Like it's easier said than done to be like, I just, you just need to pay more attention to the data. It's like, well, it's kind of complicated. I need to make complex, complicated, like, um, you know, intuitions about why certain data points are higher and why certain data points are lower. That's where the expertise is. But you really want to focus on that and not just do everything because you, know, you can't, it's not possible. I think what's been really interesting about this chat is that we've talked about a lot of different things, all from that industry report. We've talked about diversifying across different platforms, the power of doing that, the power of being more authentic in your marketing in general and strategies that brand owners can employ and start doing that to be more authentic, not just in their creative, but in their marketing and their offer in general. I guess the last question I wanted to ask before we wrap it up is, if a brand owner that's listening can take one thing away from this conversation, one thing that they can apply tomorrow or today, you know, just jump straight into and start doing all the time to help grow their sales and go from maybe a $50,000 a month brand upwards and become a household name. Like what's the one thing you'd recommend they should start doing today? The, I think the number one thing is to be led by the data. Like ultimately you, in order to get good data, you need to test on different channels, you know, need to, test as many creators as possible, test different angles. All those, all those things are important, but you need to keep coming back to the data. When it comes to you know, even things like growing your, growing your team, you need to be led by data. It's very easy for us as humans to just jump in and kind of go, oh, this is my opinion, this, this, and this. And like, it feels good to do that. It feels good to say those things, but ultimately sometimes we're wrong. And as much as we can base our decisions on how we're spending our time on the data that we're getting through advertising, through our marketing, through the feedback we're getting from our customers, the more likely we are to then direct our attention in the right places and then focus on testing at scale. Like everything also comes down to, you know, testing the right variables, but you can't just test everything. It's an opportunity cost. If you're led by data, you're gonna find out who your customers are, why they actually are buying, what channels they're using, what messaging is working, what products they like, and it's going to inform what you do next better. It's going to be easier to be authentic. It's going to be easier to be omni-channel in ways that make sense for you. It's going to be easier to, to test at scale because you're doing all of these things in the right areas. And just a quick one on that, because this just came to me. I know I said I was that was going to be the last one, but we talked a lot about data, obviously, and tracking and making data-backed decisions. What are ways that brands can get better data? Are there ways that they can improve their tracking and attribution, let's say Facebook, Instagram, like advertising channels, but then also just better track data in general? Because I know for someone that maybe doesn't track data, to just jump straight in and be like, we've got to be led by all this information. Where do we pull all these numbers from? Where do they come from? I guess, do you have any top tips for brand owners on how they can, I guess, be more led by data? 
I think you want a team around you of, of people that can read the data. I think if you're gonna, if you're a business owner and you've been successful to date, maybe you haven't been as data-led as possible, to think that you're gonna become an expert in data in a very short space of time, it's probably unrealistic to your point. So you wanna create a team of, get a team around you or a team that can support you in, in what they're really good at in reading the data. But I also think every business owner should get a preliminary understanding in things like analytics. Um, because I think like, obviously, you know, we're in a space where, um, you know, in, 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 in business where maybe there are getting more restrictions on the data itself. I don't think that that's the main issue necessarily in business is growing. I think it's usually about the intuitions that they're having based on the data. So even if we're getting less data, if you're able to identify and make correlations that make sense, then even if you have less data, you still are making better data-led decisions. But that is expertise, that takes time. You need to do a lot of learnings, a lot of trainings to get started, get across that, or find the people that can and empower them to challenge you as much as possible. I think that's an interesting insight to, to finish this interview on, the fact that it's not about overloading yourself or your team with too much data even if you have less let's say post ios 14 let's say you have less because you don't have all these elaborate tracking systems in place because it doesn't make sense for you to do that at least having a better understanding on what that data is telling you even if it's a small amount understanding what it means and making decisions based off that i think that's an incredibly powerful thing to to wrap up on yeah the like the data is objective but the interpretation is always subjective and like even if you have less of it, if you're better at interpreting it, you're going to make the better decisions. That's where the value is. That's that's how businesses grow, is having people that are really good at interpreting it. And, and it is subjective. You know, it, data isn't always just self-evident. You still have to make decisions based off of about what you're going to do next. You don't have data for what you're going to do next. But how, what to do next is the most important part for business owners. And, and that's where expertise comes in. No, that's powerful. That's powerful. Josh, I really appreciate you being on the Liftoff show today yeah. and sharing some insights on some principles. I think I could probably re-listen to this a few times and get some more <laughs> golden nuggets out of it. I yeah. guess for brand owners listening in that want to like actually see the industry insights report, actually check it out. How do they go and do it? Where do they go and find it? Megaphone's website, megaphone.com.au. Go to our website. You'll, you'll find it there as well as heaps of blogs, heaps of tips, heaps of other videos that of, of myself, the team, um, you know, plenty of learnings can be had there, not just the industry report, but industry reports probably a, a must read for business owners, to be honest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Josh. Appreciate you being on the show. And yeah, thanks again for your time. Thanks, Austin. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it.